the same place. And they were waiting on the promise of the Father, which was the promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had said over and over and over, the Holy Spirit would come during the time of his teaching. He would come as a teacher. He would come as a comforter. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit as teacher and as comforter is to glorify Jesus. Now, the, the, the dividing point for many people is this point of speaking in tongues. Or speaking in other languages, if you prefer to say it. Tongues in that translation just means language. Speaking in other languages. And I want, to, I want to say just a couple of things about this. Speaking in tongues is not necessary for salvation. If you believe that or have been told that or even been suggested to you, whoever said it to you was dead wrong. It is not necessary to speak in tongues to experience salvation and to go to heaven. So then why do we do that? Because it is a gift of God that God wants us to receive. If we don't receive it, it doesn't make us lesser Christians. It doesn't make us less qualified for heaven. But there is value in it, or God wouldn't have put it in his word, and basically devoted at least two chapters to it, and then referred to it again when Peter visited the household of Cornelius, and they all, as the Holy Spirit flowed over them, began to receive the Lord and speak in other tongues. And then in the 19th chapter of Acts, when Paul was with the brothers from uh, Ephesus, and he asked them if they'd received the Holy Spirit when they believed, then they said no, they didn't even hear about it. So he prayed for them, laid hands on them, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the Bible clearly says, and they spoke in other languages when that happened. So again and again and again this happened. So two, two really important things, and, and if you will permit me, after all that I said before, I'll judge the time as I go along and decide when to stop. Believe me, I'm not going to preach my whole message today. I'll decide when to stop. I, want, I, I had two things of value. Well, I shouldn't say that. I hope everything I was going to say was of value. <laughs> I had two really important points I was going to make to you, and one was about speaking in other languages. And I'm saying this so you all can get ready for that part about the languages up there and have it ready for me on the screens and for on the audio. So one was about the language, and one was to give you my own personal experience of what happened to me when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've been saying that for two Sundays now, and I was going to make that a, a, a major part of my message. I'll see if I think I have time, and I'll tell you if I do, and if I don't, I won't. So here's where we're going to go. Speaking in other tongues, is, 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 that's the dividing point with a lot of people. Yet we can believe together, we can stand together, but when it comes to that, there are a lot of people who, who separate. That should never be a divisive thing about our fellowship. If you can't have fellowship with somebody who doesn't speak in tongues, you need to get your grace of God right in your heart. And if they can't have any fellowship with you because you do speak in tongues, they need to get the same thing from God. I, I a long time ago, came to believe that once you have, you have something, nobody can... You don't have it. If you really know you have it, nobody can tell you. If you really know you have anything, nobody can tell you you don't have it. So in other words, if you go into Longhorn and order a porterhouse steak and eat it, and then the manager comes up to you and says, I'm so sorry. I understand you ordered porterhouse steak. I'm so sorry. We're all right. We don't have any porterhouse steak. And you say, well, thank you very much, sir. I just finished mine. I must have eaten the last one. 
So you've already had it. It doesn't matter if he told you they don't have any. You already have it. You know. You know they had it. At least one, you got it. But somebody comes and tells me I never got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Oh, you just got confused about that. You got this not for our day or something. It's too late. Too late. The first time I ever heard them speak in tongues was not for me. You see, got to remember I was really ignorant when I got saved. And I stayed ignorant for a pretty good while, to be truthful about it. But I believe what Christians told me, and I was with a bunch of Pentecostal Christians, they told me, they also told me I need to get sanctified, and I thought I did. I found out later I really didn't get in the way. They thought I got it, but I learned what it was all about. And then they told me I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I heard it preached about and talked about it. So he said, they talked about it, and I wanted it. So I said, well... If, if, if you say it's for me, I, it must be for me. You see, I believe what they told me. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. The reason I knew all that I did as early as I did because I went to church. When I got saved, the first thing that became very, very important to me, I didn't understand the, truly the value of the Bible. I didn't truly understand the value of prayer. But when I first got saved, what I, somehow I knew I was supposed to go to church. So, man, I got saved that Sunday night. And the next Wednesday night, I was in church. The next Sunday, I was in church. And every time they opened the doors, and the, those days we had revivals that went for two weeks, and when they had something that went for two weeks, or one day, or whatever long it went for, if it was a revival for two weeks, I was there every single night that they had revival. When Wednesday night came, I was there. When Sunday morning came, I was there. When Sunday night came, went to church on Sunday nights back in those days. Sunday night came, I was there. That's all true. That's all very, very true. And that's what anchored me in the beginning of my faith. It anchored me that I was in church with people who were believers, and their fellowship and their strength of faith and assurance in God's Word came over to me. I got a lot more from Christian people then than I did from the Word because I didn't understand much about the Word. The more I heard it, the more my faith strengthened, and the more it built, and the more I believed and understood and knew the value of God's Word. I still believe that the value of the fellowship of the saints of God is one of the strongest things that we have going for us in our Christian life. I still believe that. So, so, so my experience was, I've, I've kind of reversed the order of this here. Just hold on with me on those other things that you're supposed to put on the screen and play on the sound, and I'll get to it. Or if I don't, I'll tell you I'm through. So... So one Wednesday night, I, I wish I wrote down things then like I do now. I didn't write down the day. I know I was saved on, on Sunday night, August the 6th, 1950. I know that. You go back and you look and you get in one of your digital calendars and you go back to 1950, you look up August 6th and you'll find that August the 6th in 1950 was on a Sunday night. I got saved in the same church that I showed you pictures of several months ago that I went back and visited and found the place where I was saved in that little old church all those years ago. And then they told me, as I said, that I need to be sanctified. And I got a great spiritual blessing weeping and crying before the Lord. They said, Billy, did you get sanctified? I said, yes, I did. Well, I didn't know what I was talking about. They thought that if you got sanctified, it removed all the old damning nature and you couldn't sin anymore. I soon learned that wasn't true. I said, people that really believed in sanctification like that, in that way... I'm not against sanctification. I'm all for holiness. I think we ought to practice holiness to a greater extent than we do today. I can assure you I believe that. But I don't think you get it 
sanctified and all that and all that like that. You get saved to get your sins away. Then you start to learn to walk with the Lord. But they told me I was sanctified, so I believed it. As I said, I learned a little bit different from that. But then they also told me I needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they explained to me what that was. And they said, well, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you just need to seek the Lord. just need to praise the Lord. And I would go down to the altar, and I'd praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. And nothing happened. I'd get blessed, but nothing happened. And I kept on doing that time after time. And, I, and, and, and finally, one Wednesday night, I, I threw myself across an altar that looked something like this, a wooden altar with padded pads just like that. I threw myself across that altar that Wednesday night, and I was praying and praying and praying and praying. The pastor was there waiting with me and two other people. And as I prayed to receive the baptism, I still didn't know how to receive the baptism. So what I'm telling you now is not a pattern for receiving. I'm not saying to you that this is the way to receive the baptism. I'm saying I'm telling you this is the way I receive it. I think there's a better way of understanding than what I knew, but I didn't know any better. Sometimes, you know, when you don't know any better, and you just throw yourself out on the diving board, and you jump out in faith in God, God does great things for you that you're too ignorant to know anything about don't even understand. And that's what happened to me. All I knew is they said, well, just keep on praising him. So I felt, well, if I keep on praising God, I'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's all I knew to do, because that's all they told me to do at that moment. So I kept on praising God, and nothing happened. And you know, there's another point that you need to come to at some point in your life, and if you've never come to this place, you need to come to this sometime or other. You need to come to a place when you get desperate with God. When you're going to take nothing less than God's best, nothing less than what God has for you, nothing less than the victory of the Lord, and you're so desperate you say, God, I won't take anything less than the best you have for me. And so that night, in my ignorance, I draped myself across the altar, and I was praying and crying and sobbing. And I won't say the way I usually describe those days, those days when I prayed and cried and blew those handkerchiefs full of stuff. And so, but I, that's why I prayed that night. So, so finally, at a moment on that Wednesday night, probably by that time it was already about 10 o'clock, I, heard, I said the words that I know the pastor did not want to hear. I said the words that were anathema to him, I know. I said out loud to God, God, I'm here to receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost, and I'm not leaving till I get it. <laughs> I know he didn't want to hear that. I don't know about the other two people that were still there. But I do know that afterwards they told me he, had, he took time to parsonage was right next door. He lived right next door. And they said, he took a little time to go there and get a cup of coffee now and then come back out and see if I was still there. Well, I was still there. I, I don't know what time it was, 11 o'clock, 11.30, I don't know. I, I don't know the date. I wish I'd written those things down, as I said. I wish that back in those days I'd written those things down. But anyway, it wasn't too long. It was not like six months after I'd been saved. It was within a short period of time. So now I'm praying these people are trying to help me get through to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, and they're talking to me about what I need to do. And I've got two people, one on one side. Just let go and let God. Just let go and let God have his way. And the other side, the other one said, hold on. Don't turn loose. Let go. Hold on. Turn loose. Let God. Hold on. Don't give up. 
said, God, I'm not leaving you. Now, I could have, I could have faltered and failed and changed my mind, but I had already got desperate with God. I wanted something from God. I believed it was from God, and I believed God wanted me to have it, and I, and I got desperate. I said, I'm not leaving until this happens. And then, without explanation or anything else, I was praising God, and all of a sudden, the language began to flow through me. A language that I never heard, never spoken. There was a fullness, a great, powerful language of the Holy Spirit. And I, and I, I was rejoicing. I was, I was kneeling at the altar, still kneeling with my hands up when that happened. And I can remember it as vividly today as I can that night that it happened. I was saying, praise God, and I had really kind of given out of breath. Sometimes we just quit and let God do it. I, I quit because I'd given out of breath and praising the Lord. And when I stopped, I said, I started speaking in tongues. I knew I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and so in my joy, my exuberance, you know, I, I stood up and I took a couple of steps. And in my couple of steps, I stepped on something or came against something and stumbled and fell. I stopped speaking in tongues just like that. My attention had been distracted. Well, that didn't make, that didn't, it didn't really matter. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. That didn't change it. But the enemy used that to torment me over and over and over from the next day right on. The enemy kept saying, well, you didn't really get anything. You said, why, why did, if, if, you, if you really got something from God, why did he let you stumble against that? If, why, did you, why did you fall against the altar? If you wouldn't use that, why, 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 why? That's what the enemy will do to you. Now, what I've told you yet is not the important part. This is the really, really important part. So after a period of time, after I would say several weeks of the enemy telling me I really was a baptized Holy Spirit, and from that time of my experience, as long as this went on, I never spoke in tongues again. But, I, but the enemy planted that doubt, caused me to fail to believe that I'd be convinced that I'd been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so one day, I made up my mind one more time. I got desperate with God. And I said, Lord, either you baptized me in the Holy Spirit or you didn't. And if you did, you're going to have to show me that you did. So I went to the little church, same little church we showed you on the pictures a long time back. I went there, got inside the church, and I went upstairs in a Sunday school annex on the back of the building. I went upstairs. And as I went upstairs... I didn't relate it to an upper room. I didn't think about being in an upper room until years later. Never correlated. It didn't matter. I didn't go up because it was an upper room. I went because I wanted to be alone where nobody would come in and find me and bother me. So I went upstairs into a Sunday school class, and I knelt down before the Lord, and I just presented it to God. I said, God, I think I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I thought I was. I believed I was. But I need to be assured. I need to know. I need to know with, a, I need to know with assurance. I need to know I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I wasn't there. It wasn't a long time of prayer. I was there a few minutes, short, short very few minutes. And all of a sudden, the, light, the room filled with the glory of God. The presence of God, almost, almost to feel the presence of God came over me. An experience like up to that time in my life I had never had before. It was the Holy Spirit moving, and I began to speak in other tongues. Different from the first night. Because this time it was like a fluid language. It was like I was having a conversation with someone. Like I was speaking my heart to God. 
Like I was saying things to God that I wanted to say but didn't know how to say. Yet the Spirit was helping me. And so I was still in a flowing language. I kept on. I'd, oh, it went on. It went on. I couldn't tell you really how long it went on. I didn't think to time anything. It didn't bother me about timing. But I know it went on more than two hours, maybe three hours. Because later on when I came out, I realized there were some boys who played in the neighborhood who could hear me up there. They were all trying to figure out what was going on. The pastor said, the pastor's son knew what was going on. So he said, no, leave him alone. We can't bother. We can't interrupt that. So I didn't get interrupted. But when I came down, they said, well, you've been out all afternoon. You've been out there two or three hours. Not so. It was a long time. It's the, and I stayed up there until the Holy Spirit said, now this is it for today. When I came to an end, I knew it was something. This is it. And so the question to me was from the Lord, are you satisfied now that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, and I will tell you this, I've never been, I've never questioned it since that day, I've never had a question whether I was baptized in the Spirit, and I've never questioned whether I still am, that's still a gift that God uses to flow through me to speak to Him, and praise Him, and petition Him, it's still a gift of the Holy Spirit, now, now, my experience I'm telling you because if you have questions, I had questions even after I know I received the baptism, I still questioned it because of the way things happened. However, when you have any kind of question related to the things of God, I'm not talking about when Jesus is coming back or, or, or what's going to be the sign of the last day before the next day before he comes out. I'm talking about when you're dealing with something personal in your life and you want to get satisfied about that. Personal Life experience with Jesus. When you come to that place, God's going to give you the answer to that. He will give you the answer to that. I could give you illustration after illustration of people who've had that happen where they've questioned God and God's come with the answer. Because it's an answer only for that person to give the, to give the answer for you, for me. Just like you did for me that afternoon. I don't know what day of the week it was. It was a weekday afternoon. I was in there, and, and, and I know the pastor's son went and told him about it, and that was, nobody ever interrupted me. Nobody ever stopped me. I just went right on all that time, on and on and on, while the Holy Spirit was moving. And that gave me the assurance that I still have to this day, that on that occasion, I put the two together. I knew I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I would never doubt it. Just like the way God saved me, I've been able to live in such a way that I've never doubted it because of the way God saved me. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in such a way that I've never doubted it since God gave you that experience. And you can have that. You can have that. That's for you to seek and receive. And if you need help in knowing how to do that, there are people here I can put you with who can help you, and I can help you in sitting down and talking it through with you. But you have to keep praying and keep your heart hungry and be open before the Lord. So I've kind of tried to cut in and put piece together. So now it's 1215 and I'm going to save the other part about the strong part about speaking in tongues and what that means, which I had. I'll save that till another time. And I'll let you know ahead of time when I'm going to do it so you won't miss it.